Pete the cat is a hypocrite. It's brutal. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. <laughs> On that note, let's start. Hey, it's Geeks with Kids. The internet's possibly number one podcast that is conversational about things parenty and geeky. That one is for our missing host, Eric, who is sadly up north being a good father to his family. Um, I am mm-hmm. Spears, and with me is regular co-host... Aaron! Hey! It's two weeks in a row, man. I know. It's a record. <laughs> yeah. How's it feel? It feels good. Uh, so far, so good. Successfully uh, avoiding uh, Barfageddon again. <laughs> I had to bail partway through the last podcast because I got an emergency text from my wife. My two-month-old daughter had not only vomited all down her front, but all down her back onto our sofa. And my wife was just, like, dripping. And she's like... I got to go change and take a shower right now. And I'm like, done, no problem. <laughs> so <laughs> so that big long gap during the podcast where I was gone and then all of a sudden just like chime in for the comic books. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> mopping up barf. Oh, man. Yeah. Are you going so, to use like back. a, are you going to use like an exorcist related code name for her? Uh, no, Mercury already got the exorcist code name, so I'll have to come up with one for her because, yeah, he did not only the projectile uh, vomiting when he was about the same age, but basically filled, like, his car seat and the oh. thing that it sits in, and it was, oh, it was... The car seats are the worst. Was, I've had to clean that out. That's not oh. fun. I feel like I want to invest in one of those uh, ultra-hygienic shampooing cleaning devices just for our car seats and then rent it out to recoup the cost because yeah every parent that i know is like yeah cleaning out a car seat forget it i would rather i i would rather endorse like waterboarding than have to clean <laughs> clean out a car seat but master yoda when will i ever have to sh- shampoo vacuum out a car seat you will you will <laughs> oh. and with us today is our very special awesome guest uh, that writer, Jesse. Hello. Welcome. I'm here. Hey. I'm waving and no one can see me because it's a podcast, but. We can hear it. The gain mm-hmm. is like way up on your mic. Way uh... up. <laughs> I think. Actually, yes, Eric will I'm probably here. viciously attack my editing and levels on this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so hi. Um, I guess, I don't know, background for me. I knew, I knew Jesse, we went to the same high school, the now defunct Highland Secondary School, now known as Dundas Valley Twins, Dundas Valley uh, Secondary, Secondary School, or yeah, something. Dundas Valley. Yeah, um, it still looks the same, pretty much. Like it's just got sort of like a bigger. Uh, well, they added a wing on the back, but it's still kind of the same. Uh, right. So I guess, Jesse, this is your chance to introduce yourself to the seven people who listen to us that all might be Stu. Well, I probably know all seven. Yay. Um, Do you know Stu? No. Okay, six. (laughs) You should totally come to our not official um, fan expo hangout um, in a couple of weeks. Um, 27 people there? 
seven people might be overselling it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I guess so. In the interim, I understand that you now have a family, Jesse. I have a family. I've been married for six years. Ooh, I have two children, three and a half year old daughter and a one and a half year old son. So that's my parenting cred. Um, and then I, uh, I know I have to give you a geek cred. So I am proud to say that I was raised on Babylon 5, Battlestar Galactica, and Star Trek The Next Generation. I do, I do have memories of Doctor Who, but not new Doctor Who, old like, Doctor Who. Like 1974 Tom Baker, Doctor Who TV Ontario. Nice. Yeah, reruns yes. of it because I wasn't born. And yeah. I don't really remember it. I just remember the music and the special effects. Um, <laughs> they were super and, memorable. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, I continue on with that tradition. And um, I would happily watch Babylon 5 again. I thought that was a great show. Um, I have and all I've of watched it on all DVD. Star Treks and all that stuff. So. Nice. So, I came up with a couple of. I was thinking about this. And maybe we can go all around the table on these, but it occurs to me that, like, there's opinions sort of between ourselves about geekly things that are just kind of a given, but we don't always circle around to them, so people who are just, like, occasional listeners might mm-hmm. not, you know, might not know where we are on the geek compass. So I tried to isolate the sort of, the cardinal directions of geekdom, and maybe yeah. I can just go around... And ask you guys where you are on like on those cardinal directions. So here's the sounds first... very complicated. It's super <laughs> easy. Just like I'm gonna give you two options and just pick one or the other. Oh, okay. Okay. Um Star Trek or Star Wars? Who's going first? <laughs> um I don't I'll know what the chivalrous thing to do I'll here is. Star Trek. Okay, I'll go Star Wars then. As much as I enjoy Star Trek, I love all the TV shows. I'm kind of intrigued to see um, where Star Trek Discovery is going to go in uh, September. But uh, no, I'd have to I'd have to align myself completely with uh, Star Wars at this given moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, for me, I do enjoy Star Wars, but. I'm not as rabid of a fan of Star Wars as some people are. So then I feel mm-hmm. like people think I'm not a real fan. Um, just in terms of like, like I think some people wept when the Rogue One trailer came out. Um, <laughs> I was not one of those people. I have no um, idea what that would be like. I don't know. I just, I feel like Star Trek is a bit more, um, I don't know. I just, I find it's a bit more my style I have right. a lot. I really enjoy like a lot of sometimes senseless explosions. Um, mm-hmm. um, but the lightsaber, everything about the lightsaber is very cool. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. I think yeah, Star Trek. I have to go Star Trek. Cool. That's where yeah. my alliance is from when I was a kid. So <laughs> born and raised, born and raised. Yeah. Uh, for similar reasons, I hew to Star Wars. Um, now that be- that being said, the prequels really shook my faith in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But at, the, at yeah. the same time, Star Trek was also in kind of a rocky period. Like, that was kind of in the Voyager Enterprise. Enterprise, yeah. Kind of days, uh, yeah. yeah. So, like, they were both in a pretty deep furrow, and then, like, Battlestar comes along and is like, no, this <laughs> is how it's done, y'all. 
And Star Trek's like, well, well uh, you know, and, and Star Wars is like, oh, the power of myth. You know, meanwhile, I'm watching Battlestar. Um, mm-hmm. Jesse, did you see Star Trek Beyond? Um, that's the newest one, right? Yeah, the yeah. most recent. No. Uh, okay. No, it was when, when we went out to the movies. Um, it was out of the theater, I believe, at that time. Or it was only in 3D. Something happened. We couldn't go see it. So we saw the Bourne movie. Oh, how um, was but that? But it was definitely on my list of movies to see. Mm-hmm. Cool. Was Bourne any good? So, it was excellent. Oh, yeah. cool. But again, if I have to pick a favorite kind of movie, it's it's action. Like, mindless action. Like, nonsensical car chases around Las Vegas. Sign me up. Cool. I'm so, like, <laughs> cerebral on TV and then big explosions in the theater. Yeah. Nice. Okay, yeah. so, um, so if you had to pick between Die Hard and oh. uh, let's see, um, uh, Fifth Element. Oh, in terms of Bruce Willis, um, Bruce Willis fair in mindless action with a little, little bit of sci-fi in there. So if yeah, if we're going sci-fi though, you have to do Fifth Element because there was no sci-fi in Die Hard. However, if I was <laughs> picking strictly between two Bruce Willis sort of characters, then I would have to pick Die Hard because John McClane was in like four movies. So there's more. He's got more yeah. uh, more stuffing. A bit, a bit you know more what arc. I mean? Yeah. So cool. I, yes. I would, but Fifth Element, I did. I really like that movie. I really like that movie. That's but, hard, uh, yeah. man. No, for... John McClane. For me, uh, yeah. Die Hard is a okay. seasonal movie. Like, that's a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. you know? See, my Christmas yep. movie, and people make fun of me, but my Christmas movie is Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> For no other reason than it's it's a movie I w- watch every year at Christmas. Uh, cool. <laughs> when I was a kid, Empire Strikes Back was a Christmas movie because it starts with snow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. It really, yeah, like, a, as a little yeah. Jewish kid, it really gave me a skewed impression of what the holiday was about. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think though, with Fifth Element, I was really impressed with the story. I thought it was a really, really good story. But I love how um, Bruce Willis's character was, like, a nobody. Yeah. You know? And I think that's probably one of my favorite things about those kind of movies is when they're, like, a nobody that kind of comes out of nowhere. And they don't... They're not the hero, because... Um, Oh, what's her face? Was the hero? Uh, yeah, Lilu. Resident Evil girl, right? Lilu yeah. Dallas Multipass. Dallas Dallas Multipass. Yeah, um, yeah. She uh, she was, was the hero, movie. but she couldn't get to where she was going without him. So I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a good story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was really cool. It was a really cool like world building kind of movie too. Like it, yeah. you only got some a couple of glimpses of the of this huge universe, but you really mm-hmm. it reminded me of Star Wars in that way. Like it just implied mm-hmm. more than was in the story. Which was super cool. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving more cardinal directions. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. 110%. Uh, 110%. <laughs> However, I have a beef with Xbox right now. It's actually not with Xbox, but my husband and I just finished playing Halo. We started at Halo at the beginning and we played it all the way through. Right. So excited. Halo 5 is one player. No. What? How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't isn't Halo supposed to be like one of like their flagship multiplayer games? And How we only, I 
I don't play Xbox by myself. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's just not me. I don't sit down and play video games by myself on the Xbox, but couch co-op. I love, we've played every gears, you know, we have left for dead. Um, uh, which one did we just, we're waiting for the new gears and then halo. Mm -hmm. Star Wars battlefront. We just started too, but Oh, welcome aboard. You're in for a good time. Halos. One player. That's weird. That's They're really weird. They're going to lose a lot of their membership on that, I feel. Who does that? Yeah. Okay. Man, I remember, like, <laughs> I intentionally avoided, like, the early Halos because I was really like, oh, this is just strafe shoot. I've played strafe shoot before. But then a buddy of mine was like, no, dude, it's Metroid, only with more shooting. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it kind of is, if you squint. And there hasn't been a good Metroid game in a really long time, so I'm, I, can, I can squint pretty hard. <laughs> well, I think the thing with Halo is that you, like, if you're not going to, so you don't play online, obviously, but um, if you're going to play online, I think it would be, I think I'd rather have the person there next to me so that I could scream at them when they blow me up with a grenade. <laughs> like, thanks for the warning. Um, but you have to be okay with being the bad guy because you're the arbiter for a bit, who I know isn't like, the bad guy, but, I mean, you don't get to always be the Master Chief, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, at first, I was like, I'm always the sidekick. <laughs> I have I have an older brother. We played Sega Genesis, so I was always Tails. When uh, we went to my grandma's, I was always Luigi. That's and so then, funny. Um, when I wrote this question down... And now I'm always Dom. When I wrote this question down, it was uh, Sega versus Nintendo, and then I thought about <laughs> it and realized that's now irrelevant, basically. Sega. If I wow. had the chance, Sega. Oh, I was because Super Nintendo. Was, you hardcore. know what, though? Because that's what I was raised with. Mm, so that's just kind of what it, me, it wasn't like. A... Nintendo was just at my grandma's every now and then because they had a Nintendo. I'm really excited about that little Nintendo thing they got coming out. Oh, I'm getting. I'm grabbing that as soon as. Is that the? Uh, yeah, just that's not the NX, is it? No, it's like the. Sorry? What is it? It's the like, Nintendo. What's it's it like the. Remember, like a few years ago, they came out with. Um, those like little mini consoles that will like hook up to your mm. TV and give you like sixty oh, Genesis games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The or... um, ah, nuts. The, yeah, it's like a um, it's a little tiny Nintendo USB thingy with like eighty-five thousand yeah, games on it. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Yeah. By the power of Google, we shall know it. Yeah, and it's gonna come with the first three Mar. Mario's, um, I think the first two Zeldas, and a couple of other ones that were kind of lackluster, but even for just uh, the Mario and uh, the uh, Zelda factor alone, uh, is well Ooh, worth here the it price. Is, here it is. Well worth the price of admission. Uh, NES Classic Edition, a retro yeah. blast from the past. Uh, let me see if there's bucks. a games list. Yep, 60. Zelda, Kirby, Bones, Classic Man, Controller Metroid, included. Kong. Plug yeah, and play. So worth it. Okay, we got Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario 2, uh, Legend of Zelda, Donkey Kong, Metroid, nothing surprising here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream. I guess Mike Tyson <laughs> didn't renew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zelda 2. Um, oh, Kid Icarus. That's awesome. Yes. I would get that. See, I would get that. Yeah. And more great you games. Final Fantasy. Yes. 
A little disappointed they didn't include Duck Hunt, but I figured that'll probably be if they'll probably see like how well this one sells, and then they'll release the next one next Christmas with Duck Hunt and the gun. Oh, and the man, gun will I'd be like eighty seven ninety nine. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and Nintendo will make four of them, and the pre orders will be done in an hour. Yeah. Yep. All right on. <laughs> okay, uh, Marvel versus DC. Oh, oh, I wish I wish everyone could see your faces. <laughs> it was like you were you were trying to like see, oh. It was very intense. Intense concentration I, and pain. I have to go I, Oh man, I got to uh, Okay, uh, were you I'm going to say Marvel because and I I also like I that was really a hard one for me. I'll be honest with you, um, but uh, I have to go with Marvel simply because um, I feel like the Avengers alone just really revamped that whole like got people excited again and things like mm-hmm. superheroes and stuff. Because um, you know, not that Ben Affleck, I can't even say it, but you know, some people shouldn't be Batman like George Clooney. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think that yeah, I. I I just feel like the the movies really sort of um, uh, reinvigorated that the whole even the comic book franchise a little bit in terms of people who maybe never really read the comics and know who these people are mm-hmm. necessarily because I didn't read a lot of comics uh, growing up. I read some like I remember Spawn, McFarlane yes. Spawn. Um, yep. I thought it was just so well drawn, and I was like, "Oh, I want to do that one day." <laughs> um, yeah, nobody. That's funny. <laughs> My That's... dream was to draw when I grew up. Um, no, but, uh, I think that I think, and then with the movies and all that, and then they just keep going. Right. And then agents of shield was on TV and then they had, uh, agent Carter and stuff like that. So I feel like for me right now, it's Marvel. DC has to do something. Yeah. Their cinematic universe right now, who is Jeff Loeb, right? Spears that is now, uh, in charge of it or Uh, Jeff Loeb is in charge of the DC. Oh no, it's, um, not Jeff Loeb. Um, uh, what's his Jeff name? Johns. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Thank you. Yep. He was yeah, the so. head guy on on their comics for a really long time, and they mm-hmm. kind of they popped him over. Um, I think in the wake of the BBS debacle, they're now letting him sort of take the cinematic universe and try to yeah. fix. So it. yeah, so the cinematic universe is tanking, but uh, I think their TV um, their TV line is uh hitting all the right notes um sarah and i've been watching flash over the summer and that is a great example of how to do it um we're waiting to get into arrow we're waiting to get into legends of tomorrow and depending on how supergirl goes season two might give it a second chance but um i just can't remember i think it was uh, we three geeks just posted an article on uh, uh how uh, this bigwig uh, executive for one of the camps said, uh, you know, superhero TV shows don't work. Oh, that so was the, uh, the show. You. That was a showrunner for Gotham uh, over on Fox. Yeah. Uh, superheroes don't work on television. Um, well, no, 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 that, that was, I think that was clickbaiting a little bit. Because yeah. I think what he said in the article was, like, people are more interested in, like, real, well-developed characters. They don't want, like, cardboard cutout cheesy heroes i think he was saying that you need depth and development and like i mean he also said some stuff about like you can't you know be spending huge buckets of money on every episode to show off the powers like people might expect Mm -hmm. 
So I guess there are hurdles, but maybe the personality carries through. Eh, for you know, for an internet article title, I just I felt like that was misleading. Grr. Mm-hmm. No the reflection on me for geek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I'm here because the internet misled me. Because <laughs> if it's on the internet, it must be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it. Do- it seems like. DC's shared universe on TV is working at least better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been so far. Which is weird, because I, I enjoyed the first season and most of the second season very much. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Agent Carter kicked on, which I heard was fantastic, but I just kind of fell off, and then I heard the next season wasn't great, so I never got back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I enjoy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, cool. I, re- I really do. I uh, I watched it from the beginning, and um, I'm a really big fan of the guy that plays Coulson. Um, yes. I think he's fantastic. Uh, Clark Gregg. And he's yeah. hilarious. If you follow him on Twitter and stuff, he's hilarious. Like, he, yeah, he's so funny. Um, I I hate it when shows, okay, so this is maybe not girly enough of me maybe i should be more girly about these things but um i feel like agents of shield went too hardcore into the romantic relationship between a couple of characters and i was like this is now why i turned a you fitz on. and simmons perhaps nope nope no? love them love them maybe oh because they're, they're and, uh, superheroes it was um right. quake and uh the guy yeah ward oh. i think yeah. oh, what's his sorry name? my husband's gesturing at me <laughs> lincoln <laughs> Lincoln and uh, what's her face? Oh, oh. thanks, honey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, no. Jesse's dialogue is sponsored by Moosehead. If Moosehead, on an unrelated note, would like to sponsor a podcast, we are double fisted and more than willing to pimp you out. It's a logger. Finest, finest logger. Proudly independent since 1867. Dern tootin'. <laughs> Seems like another date of independence. Anyways, um, yeah, so I, so for me, I watched the show for mindless action and all that stuff, and then some episodes were like, she's like weeping over her boyfriend, and he's like weeping over her, and I'm literally sitting there just Like, are they both on the him. plane? Are they still on the plane in, like, opposite compartments, just crying? <laughs> um, not on the plane, on opposite compartments. Maybe one was on the plane and one was somewhere else. Uh... And do they have one like um, looking through the window and you see the tears coming down? And no, on a monitor, <laughs> not a window. Oh, so, oh yeah. Man. I just I'm, I'm not I don't I don't want I don't care about it. that's what soap operas are for and stuff and and I like the Fitzsimmons one because it was um, uh, quirky. They're quirky and they're not like superheroes, so it's like you know. But I feel like it's not that superheroes shouldn't have love. I think superheroes should have love. I just feel like when your love is clearly getting in the way of saving people. <laughs> Maybe your priorities are a little misplaced. Yeah. That's not putting the super in superhero. Sorry about that plane full of <laughs> people. Like... I was feeling really sad. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds I like would have saved more people. <laughs> I would have saved more people, but my boyfriend was fighting with me. Oh, man. That oh. must put a lot of stress on the relationship. Like, if you break up with me, how many people's lives will that cost? Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. So I didn't really like, like, that was the only part I didn't like about it. But, um, and I actually prefer the characters that don't have powers, like Clark Gregg character, Clark Gregg's character, Coulson. I really mm-hmm. liked him. And um, Ming-Na Wen. 
I can't ever remember her name. The Cavalry. May. Cavalry. May. Yeah. Thank you. I really like May. Yeah, she's um, yeah. fantastic. And really, Mac. Really great. And Mac, too. Uh, which um, one's Mac? Uh, he ends up being um, Sky's partner. Daisy's partner. I don't know how far you've been in the show, so I don't, um, don't I want to saw, ruin it for you. The last thing I saw was she was in the room with the Terrigen crystals that exploded, and then suddenly she was making earthquakes. And, so, like, so Mr. Trip, Hyde was so like, Trip, oh, was in the room it's with Daisy. So or whatever. Trip was in the room with her, and he don't yeah. make it out. Yeah, um, that's spoiler. a bummer. I enjoyed his performance a lot. Um, so Mac is just, like, this huge, plain, ordinary guy. Like, no mm. superhero powers at all. Just like him dude. way better than the superheroes. Oh, cool. He, and maybe that's come... why I like Bruce Willis's character, too, in Fifth Element, because they're not the, like, superheroes, right? Yeah. He's just a cab driver, man, with a military pass. Yeah. <laughs> but still, Most yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah, but he wasn't, like, lifting flying cars over his head or anything, you know? No. no. Like, you can still relate to him, even though he does some stuff that's a little bonkers. True. Yes, I, I need to not nod. I need to speak, because I'm not... <laughs> I know, sorry. No, that's cool. So definitely Marvel, then, for you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Cool. Aaron? Oh, um... DC in my later years now um, had a very uh, had a very good dose of alternate Marvel titles when I was growing up. Read a lot of the Marvel Star Wars and Transformers, a little bit of the GI Joe here and there, but only really started to get into the Marvel side of things probably around the '90s with um, the X Men animated series. Uh, but um, read a lot of DC. Uh, later on, I think it was a friend of mine introduced me to like some of the Elseworlds of Superman and Batman, and that's what really got me back into DC. Especially Red Sun was probably like my all-time favorite Superman uh, Elsewhere novel, where basically instead of landing in Kansas, he lands in I think it's uh, uh, Russia-controlled Czechoslovakia at the time, and is basically raised to be a communist. And it's fantastic. It plays out so well like even like there's like a russian equivalent to batman that figures out very early on that he's an alien and basically takes him down with red uh, red radiation lights and is like you think you're so good i'm better and it's like oh russian batman is awesome <laughs> that was it was a really good series and there's an awesome huge twist um at the end yes that was Mark the Millar's breakout uh, work. Without that, we get no Ultimates uh, in the Marvel yes. line, which is why we have Marvel movies to begin with. We would not have wanted, we would not have any of the, like, Millar has his own, like, comics, like, his own shared universe now. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, that's kind of the miniseries that launched a thousand ships for him. Yeah. Yeah. Justifiably, it was incredible. Part, for sure. Uh I kind of feel like that's the Superman Zack Snyder was shooting. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very, like, the first book itself, yeah, was very dark. And uh, even, like, the Superman suit was a subdued, like, kind of, like, red, like, uh, like red cape, but on, like, a gray suit with mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, communist sickle and uh, hammer as his uh, logo. And, uh, yeah, it 
just uh, it worked on so many so many levels. Oh, and worth the a read! So Absolutely and, worth a read. Yeah, and the introduction yeah, of how good. they how they brought in uh, like the, the alternate versions, like uh, Green Lantern was just basically like a um, like a foot soldier clone that the Americans came out with to deal with the Superman. It was so well done, and it was the Green Lantern Corps was basically just a division of the army where they all had power rings, and it's just like Superman versus I think it was like somewhere in the ballpark of like two hundred Green Lanterns, and it's like this is going to be awesome. And it, it was, was really cool. It would make yeah. a fantastic movie one day, I imagine. Did they do would an animated? Make a fantastic movie. Did they do an animated? <laughs> you guys are hinting Red pretty hard there. I can't remember. Someone should tell us on the interwebs. Um, okay, so this brings us... Oh, I guess for me, I am uh, I was a diehard Marvel fan growing up, basically starting with uh, the X-Men animated, although I was a big Spider-Man fan before that. Um, when I first moved to Hamilton, um, I lived with my cousin Jeff for a while, and he got me to start reading Spider-Man, and he handed me three Spider-Man comics, uh, two of which I still have. Um, the first one was the Amazing Spider-Man Annual, where Spider-Man gets married to Mary mm-hmm. Jane, and that was his status quo for the next twenty years. Like that was my that was my version of the character, my first real outside of the old like reruns of the Frank Bakshi cartoon. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was my first real like encounter with Spider-Man. He handed me that. He handed me a Web of Spider-Man Annual that was like a it was like a little nonfiction book. There was like a page for each major character. Being like, this is Spider-Man, and here's his web shooters, and this is how he made his costume, and did you know? And they had one of these for, like, for Spider-Man, and for all the Sinister Six, and for all the main characters. They had, like, a floor plan of his apartment, and, like, uh, maps of New York, with, like, here's the Daily Bugle, and here's the George Washington Bridge, and all these, like, here's the Baxter Building, like, all these important locations. And that really, like, fueled my imagination, and kept me more in Marvel than in DC, because whenever I would read DC books, it was always like like um, like Legion of Superheroes, which is in the future, and there's like a bojillion characters. Like what the what the f is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, or like the odd Batman story, which you know, I mean, uh, before that first Tim Burton movie, those and no disrespect to Neil Adams or anyone who may have been working on the book at the time, but they were not doing the best like creatively. It just seemed to be kind of in a rut. Um, but then X-Men really brought me into Marvel. And occasionally, like, DC would pull me with something. Like, I remember I was, like, 15 or 16, and I was working at a camp for the summer, and somebody put Sandman under my nose. Oh, and nice. I started reading Sandman, and I'm like, oh my god, what is this? You know, and he's like, you've been reading Marvel, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, Image hooked me. Image got me hook, line, and sinker when they came out. Like, I was reading Spawn and Savage Dragon. I stayed with Savage Dragon for a long time. Um, even Wildcats I read for a little while. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I feel like I'm more Marvel. I feel like Marvel is more consistently... It does the everyman hero, and the world is usually like something I recognize, versus DC, which mm-hmm. tends to be a little bit less relatable to me. But I don't know, man. The, <laughs> I, I just find it like I'm more and more, I'm less Marvel or DC and more just cynical. <laughs> I haven't heard of them. Who's their superheroes? 
<laughs> the amazing so cynical man. <laughs> Nothing matters. Quick, who can stop this meteor? Just make it come faster and end the pain. <laughs> oh, Sisyphus. Yeah. You and your... Uh, oh, that's awesome. He'll have a big Sisyphus tattoo on his back. <laughs> Man, if there's anyone listening who does like to draw, if you want to draw us the amazing cynical man, <laughs> that would be dope. That'd be incredible. Uh, okay, the, this is the last point on our stupid geek compass thing. Um, okay, are you ready? There's a big one. Okay. HBO or AMC? I can see you're thinking very hard about this. AMC. Because I don't get HBO. <laughs> however, however, uh, up until March, I was on mat leave, and then I work night shifts now sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I have Show Me, and I have Crave, and I have Netflix that I can watch. And uh, I started watching The Newsroom. Yeah. Mm. Which, oh, is, which is HBO. With Jeff Daniels? Right? Or is that Showtime? No, that's HBO, right? Uh, Newsroom? Anyways. To the Googles. That was amazing. That show was amazing. If I had HBO, I'm sure I would pick HBO because I feel like alone the newsroom was enough to make me pay more money for a channel. However, I am a it huge was Walking HBO. Dead fan. Hmm? It is HBO, the newsroom. It, yeah. So hmm. if you haven't seen that show, I highly recommend it. It's not, sorry, it's not geeky. It's just an amazing, <laughs> well-written show. I have never seen a show so well written about reality um, mm. in my life. Um, I think I would be sorely disappointed if I ever were to find out a newsroom didn't function like that. Um, but <laughs> the show itself was just really well done. But I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, um, so I and I have AMC, so I would have to mm-hmm. go with AMC. Plus, I really I kind of want to watch Geeking Out. Um, which I haven't started watching yet with Kevin Smith. Right. The OG yeah, yeah. geek um, with kids. But I also love The Walking Dead. If you watch Walking Dead, you have to watch Talking Dead after it. Right. Um, which also is only AMC. So I have to. I have to go AMC. Cool. Kevin. Um, some of his. Some of the people from Comic Book Men have been on Talking Dead. Brian Johnson was on last season, and he. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was a really good episode. Well, Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion was on. Twice what? on talking on Talking Dead. Nice in yeah. costume. Ke- Kevin Smith's been on. Um, like yeah, just huge stars have been on. Well, maybe not huge, but really big stars have been on. Um, and I love seeing them as fans mm-hmm. of yeah. something. They're not talking about their own stuff. You know, they're not. They might jokingly talk about it, but. Um, but they're you know, not they're, pimping. They're not like there to work. Yeah. They're just talking about yeah. this show yeah. that you love they're, and they love. They're allowed to be a fan. So I really love that part of The Talking Dead as well. Um, but The Walking Dead is like the only show that, you know, I would not pause it if the police called to tell me that, you know, my card had been stolen. I wouldn't. I'd be like, okay, okay. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, just, Walking yeah. Dead's on. Yep. Yep. I'll call you back at 10. Okay, bye. <laughs> I wonder if they have so, a code yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Fear of the Walking Dead? Um, I think it has the potential to get so much better. Uh, but you're not digging I, it as is. Uh, I'm I'm struggling with it a little bit. Um, do you guys watch it? I don't want to ruin it. 
Uh, I watched the first season. Two episodes in from last year, so I don't remember anything about it yet. So, you know, inevitably, they're going to, like, maybe split up. I'm not saying die. I'm not saying just walk away. I'm saying somehow their family might be broken apart. Hmm. Um, So I think it has the potential to be a little bit... I just feel like the first season was a lot of... um, run away and everything will be fine. And now they're starting to get into everything's not fine mm-hmm. and we need to survive. And I think, so I think it has mm-hmm. a potential. You I know, just, I don't want it to go to walking dead because the walking dead's already walking dead. So I think it, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the first season, they had a couple of episodes where they were living in this walled off suburban area under military mm-hmm. control and, mm-hmm. like, the military wasn't sharing all of the information, and it's like, some of them knew that everything was, everything was, like, done. But they were trying to, like, maintain this facade of, like, no, it's cool, just hang out, and everything will be okay eventually. I think they threw that setup away too quick. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoyed those episodes yeah. a lot, and it really marked out, it really felt different than, like, it didn't feel like, like, in The Walking Dead, like, they come to a settlement... And you know things are going to go pear-shaped eventually, so you're just watching for the signs. You know, mm-hmm. like, who's going to let the walkers in? Who's going to turn? Who's going to do something stupid? Um, yeah. But with fear, it was like, you didn't know whether or not it was going to fall into that pattern. And that was a real chance to be like, no, it's not. Like, yeah. we're going to have like something that's more or less a sitcom, where the characters are under siege by zombies. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I like... think I think there's this one episode of Fear the Walking Dead where um, the uh, they're in their backyard and the neighbor that used to babysit the kids is like stuck in the garden. Oh yeah, and that she, was great. And she, and 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 the mom walks eventually goes and kills her. And I feel like for me that was when I was like, okay, the show has a little bit of potential because the husband is still like, no, no, we're gonna be fine. Like we don't kill people and everything's like la 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 good. We'll just have to be mm-hmm. safe. And the mom is like, <laughs> I'm taking out people who come near my family. So I just, mm. I think that you see a lot more of that later on in this season too. Um, right. That the, the mom is just like, too bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm doing what has to be done. So I, I like that. I like. So that she's the Rick and the dad is kind of like, oh, it's kind of like season one Rick versus season five and on Season Rick. five on Rick, yeah. <laughs> Huh. That's neat, actually. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's kind of a cool, yeah. like, cool notion. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, I think that The Walking Dead is, I, I, I've read the graphic novel a little bit of the. I haven't read the whole thing, but um, so it's some of that I. Well, I'm. You know what? I'm really glad that the TV show isn't exactly like the graphic novel because it would be so spoiled for me. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, because. Um, Spoiler alert, in the graphic novel, Negan kills Glenn. Right? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. In, in the novel. In the oh, novel. I remember but, the week um, that issue came out, Eric was so mad. <laughs> yeah. He bought like 18 I, copies of it too, because it was like the 100th yeah. issue or so, some like anniversary number. He was so mad. It was 100, I, I think. But yeah, I, like, there were flipping tables, I think, involved. <laughs> I don't blame him, but I feel like because the TV show has strayed away, yeah. In some, so maybe they will again. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I hope so. They got I guess we'll find out. Um, doesn't it come back tomorrow? 
20, uh, Walking Dead? No, yeah. it's August, uh, October 23rd. October. Oh, yeah. so not tomorrow at all. No. So I guess not tomorrow we can either. tune in for a really excellent rerun of The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good. Yeah, no, mean? it's true. You making fun? They're all good. Uh, season two? Oh, we're on a yeah, farm and nothing's happening. Changed. Oh, no, there's a zombie in a well. There's a zombie in a barn. There's oh. lots of zombies in the barn. I struggle. I did not hate season two. I did feel that it lagged and didn't, you know, but at the same time, you have to try and stay somewhere <laughs> and deal with problems as they come up. And maybe your neighbor is hoarding zombies in a barn. That's just a thing you, you do. You deal with it, you know, <laughs> deal with it when the time comes. For now, it's, let's just you know, pretend it, we don't hear what's going on in the barn. It's too bad because, like, Herschel, like, Herschel came in <laughs> they, with this point about, like, no, they'll find a cure. Like, we've got to keep yeah. them in there. Mm-hmm. And Rick just gives us like, there's no cure. There's not a they, cure for death. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a game on, um, I don't know if they have it on PC, probably, but it's the Walking Dead game. The Telltale and, uh, Walking Dead yes. game? Oh, that's yes. supposed to be real good. Eric's all about that. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like it's absolutely amazing. And so there's this part in the game where the main characters go to a dairy farm, right? And so they've set up an electrical fence, like they're it's all everyone's happy, it's like a little farmer's paradise. And then it turns out that they're not killing the cows and eating them, they're killing people and eating the people and serving the people. And it's amazing. Like yeah. huh. it's Amazing! The game is so good. The third one should be coming out soon. Oh man, but, yeah. I'll have to pick that up now. Their Batman game is supposed oh. to be really good too. Is it the same kind of thing where you get to pick what you do? I think so. I think like Telltale. It's like choose your own adventure for you know the 21st century. But yeah, I haven't played it. It's too bad Eric isn't here. Like Eric would be able to you know give yeah. some some scope to this conversation. But I take him at it at his word that it's awesome. Um, I think mm. he spent like the last month talking up the Batman game. Um, they did a Fables game. You might yes. actually really like it, Jesse. Um, Fables. I think I would. Have you read Fables at all? Like, do you know no. what it is? It's kind of like um, like all these fairy tale creatures are real, and they're living in a little ghetto in New York called Fable Town. And it's wait, kind of wait. Is that the one? There was a werewolf one. Yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. The I big played bad, the werewolf big one. bad wolf. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That one. That's the one. That's fables. Graphic yes. novel by Bill um, Willing Willingham, I think. Yes. He wrote the Angel yes. comic for a stretch too. The Buffy and I really spin-off. enjoyed. I really enjoyed that game as well. However, something glitched when I paid for it, and they tried to make me pay for it again. Oh, boo! Yeah. Well, that sounds so, like a Microsoft problem, Microsoft. not a. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. How about you, Eric? H. Uh, Aaron. Aaron. Um, HBO or AMC? Uh, AMC right now again for all the Walking Dead. Really? You're you're a huge yeah, uh, Game of Thrones fan. Well, that's the I thing thought. is, every time Sarah and I try to get back into it, um, we fall out of it for one reason or another. So we've rewatched season one and season two now, I think twice, and we're on to. Partway through season three, I think, 
And again, we've fallen out of it because uh, for one reason or another, one of us just loses interest or it gets too intense. And it's just like, well, let's just go and watch Friends or let's go and watch um, Flash or um, You stop uh, watching a TV show because it gets too intense? Uh, It kind of got... We got like... uh, Well... It's funny because I love Walking Dead, and so does my wife, but her fear factor goes like through the roof when Walking Dead is on. Really? Like, yeah, you you do something to scare her, and she will, like, I will see her jump out of her skin kind of thing. And she very rarely ever does that. But Walking Dead is like, she's she's like, I can't stop watching, but I, like, she's so on edge through the entire show. It's, 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 Fun to not only watch the show but watch her reactions. Um, the mean. worst one, the worst one is when she was pregnant with our with our son, and it was the episode where they were in the prison and they Lori. just discovered they just discovered the um, the disease that was going around and it was oh, killing the pigs. The outbreak. And took the pigs out and slaughtered them, and yeah. she was a mess after that scene. Really? And I'm you like, should I totally put a camera her. on her, like for the uh, for the season premiere or whatever, the mid season. You should put a uh, right. you should put a periscope on her or something. Yeah, uh, I would no want way. to do she, that. Yeah, if I do that, she's like, you're not putting this out on the internet. I will murder you. I will be dead. <laughs> you'll be fine because she'll be too. But you'll like, come back to murder you. Yeah, maybe. Actually, if I feed her with enough booze, then maybe Ooh. it might work. Approved. Let me skew the results yeah, maybe, a little bit. Maybe I'll do a maybe I'll do another on the couch episode with her, and uh, and we'll be like, so we're just gonna watch a movie or a show <laughs> here. Oh, it's just a cute no, little movie about a family and a group of friends who are just out for a stroll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. My uh, my wife and I had to take a break from Breaking Bad. I'm um, in never the middle of it. season three. Oh, you're missing out. That's a. And great I never watched show. Game of Thrones either. Uh oh, Breaking Bad is AMC. You can watch that without mm-hmm. like without changing yeah. your allegiance. You want to? I turn think it's on card. Netflix too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Breaking the whole thing's yeah. up there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got one season of the spinoff, uh, Better Call Saul, which is also incredible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. like, it got to the point that we were driving home from Lime Ridge, and a uh, police cruiser was behind us. And, like, we were both getting, like, agitated. Like, oh, my God, they know about the meth. And it's like, we don't cook meth, honey. And he's like, I know, yeah, but they the don't show, know that. It? <laughs> oh, have, it's have a, it's a good show. Watched, uh, have either of you watched Stranger Things yet? I am on season, uh, episode three. I just nice. finished episode three. Episode one! Yes. It's amazing. And you haven't started it yet? Or you just no, it? I watched all of episode one. It's really good. Oh, I, good. I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Good. So is it based on like a movie or anything, or is this just a brand new show? My husband and I were debating. Brand new show, but uh, everything that I've read is they are heavily influenced by uh, horror movies and uh, like those uh, teen kid movies of like the 80s. So um, they cited a lot of like references to Aliens, uh, John Carpenter movies, a bit of Goonies in there too. You can see. Oh, you can see the Goonies. Yeah, the Goonies for sure. It's hey, you guys! So yeah, they uh, they pretty like pretty directly like you know they're homaging of all the like horror and suspense movies of the eighties. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's 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 blatant and it's kind of on purpose. I think there's even like, like there's websites that are like annotating it now. Like this scene comes from this movie. This scene comes from this movie, 
And it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I should post what someone should post them in the liner notes. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, because we just finished watching it the other day. And again, it's one of those shows that um, Sarah was like, I'll watch it with you, but only during the day. And I'm like, fine, that's cool. <laughs> so we did. And then we got to the last episode and um, she couldn't finish. Uh, we couldn't finish watching the last episode during the day. And I knew it was that good. Uh, like I already knew it was good, but then she comes back in the evening and she's like, I got to finish watching this now. You know, kind of thing. So uh-huh. it's the like the ending hits all the feels. It's amazing, and uh, it's uh, a lot of oh, it's just so fun. Like again, it just makes me feel like a little kid again, being back in the eighties, watching you know, watching like Explorers meets um, yeah, like The Thing, and uh, a little bit of Alien. What if the kid it? from it's Flight fantastic. of the Navigator had to like stare down Freddy Krueger? Oh, Flight of the Navigator. Oh, I think they're Genius. remaking it. I think it's on the reboot docket. Why? They can't. There's there's certain movies you should never remake. Man, they should just re-release them. They should just put them back mm-hmm. into movie theaters as they like. Were. I think I think I will like hunt down the person that ever suggests remaking the Princess Bride. Uh oh. Yeah, you can't. you can't touch that. You cannot right? touch that. So it's a matter of time, man. I, it's I only think a matter Flight of the Navigator. Time. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just I'm waiting for them to like for Steven Spielberg to pass away and them to try to tentpole like ET, like a shared universe between like ET and Goonies and like. No way, Spielberg's got like a little like device in his heart that as soon as that thing stops beating, his entire like like library of movies, like all the recordings and everything, it just implodes. They just become <laughs> ash. Yeah. Yeah, like it just. It's like you can smell something burning, and there's like his like whole archive just like turns into dust and blows away. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Uh, for me, it's got to be AMC. Like every time I'm trolling through Netflix and looking for something to watch, nine times out of ten, I'll see something that's interesting and be like, "Oh, that's from AMC." Like, uh, do you Justified have Show Me though, or good. Crave? What's that? Do you have a do you have either show me or crave? Uh no, I haven't caved yet. But whichever one gets Marvel's runaways eventually, they, I'm gonna shell out for that. Hulu. So there's a lot of shows that I didn't realize were HBO and that Crave breaks it down into like these are the HBO shows, these are the showcase shows, these are the showtime shows. Oh. Um and like hmm. I want to start watching Ray Donovan, which I don't know HBO what that is. is. It's a show. That's- is that Leave Schreiber? Schreiber. Yeah. Oh, Leif I like Leave Schreiber a lot. Yeah, and so it actually gives you the whole scroll line of all these shows that are on HBO, and some of them I didn't realize, and that's how I found the newsroom, too. Um, so you might, if you're just basing it on what you can find on Netflix, your allegiance might change if you find a different uh, wow. provider. Challenge accepted, perhaps. if it means cutting out a single cup of coffee i don't know if my nervous system can support this challenge i am not suggesting that in any way no no (laughs) i can't get by without my coffee in the morning are you kidding me like budgetarily budgetarily like my norm my morning tim hortons is the only flex that i have left to play with and cutting out two coffees a week could flow do you make your own coffee at home or do you are you talking buying coffee Oh, I do both. 
Like the okay, home so coffee will get me through the morning, get me to work. Home. Make yeah. more at home coffee. I'm actually there. Yeah, go to Costco. <laughs> I found an old coffee pot at work that I'm like rehabilitating as I'm setting up my classroom. So I'm just gonna like continually brew there, and hopefully, sure. hey, then maybe I can subscribe to Crave or whatever, and mm-hmm. and I don't know, try Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> I have the first book of Game of Thrones, and. I read like 20 pages and it's just not what I thought it was. So I put it down and that was like after the, just after I think the first or second season came out, it's literally Mm. sitting on my bookshelf next to my bed, staring at me every night I walk in. My husband very nicely bought it for me for, (laughs) I think my birthday. And I was like, gee, thanks. What the, what the heck is that? (laughs) And then, sorry. 103, Um, 103. Yeah. Remember that. Um, Don't worry about it. But yeah, I don't know. Does it get different? Because the, I've only the read the first book. Are like they go to war and then there was like werewolves or spirits or something. I don't. Huh. I don't remember. I just was like, this oh. isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. In the first twenty pages, I remember like the kids get their like pet direwolves or whatever, and it's very like kind of precious almost. Mm-hmm. In that versatile bit, like in Harry Potter, I could accept something like that, but it's like, come on, I was expecting like blood and guts and intrigue, and that arrives. Like, one of the most horrifying things about the books is how young the characters are relative to the horrible things that they have to do. Like, the TV show really Mm -hmm. undersells that aspect Mm -hmm. of the book. Like, especially Um, Arya, she's, like, super young in the the book versus, like, the TV show. Like, she's... Oh, God, I remember... um, She's preteen in the book, but she's like almost like a teenager in the TV show, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I remember there's a point... There's one chapter where Daenerys uh, goes from being like, oh, I've been sold into, like, slavery practically by marrying Drago when I'm so miserable. And then she kind of gets her head around what her position is and how to use her various attributes to advance herself. And she very much goes, literally and figuratively, from being the victim to being kind of like a player in this... um, in this new world she's in. And in the end, you're like, in yeah! This Game of Thrones, per se. Yeah, if you will. You know, <laughs> and... <laughs> and you're like, really, like, this is awesome! It's so cool that she's doing this. And then there's a moment where there's just, like, a sentence that he drops in. It was like, this girl is 14 years old. And you're just like, oh... I'm uncomfortable now. Yep. It was really well done. Like, I loved it. I read the first book compulsively. But I've heard so much, like, I don't know, not, like, bad talk about the other books, but just, like, it just keeps going on, there is really no end in sight, and a lot of people are saying, like, you know, you just get attached to someone and they they arbitrarily die, like, a few books down <laughs> the road, so it's like, well, I, I, I don't, I just don't want to get hurt, man. <laughs> no, I, re- I read and I follow love with characters to get hurt i always hope something happens maybe not necessarily that they die but because then they'll be in the book just that they suffer you want to see them suffering yeah for sure 100 percent. yeah was this what hooked you into authoring like you get to make characters (laughs) suffer now yes i I wanted you know my first children's book to involve someone suffering (laughs) uh no um i wrote my book because uh my daughter loves books She's, like, obsessively turning pages and reading the story based on whatever the picture is because she can't read yet. Mm-hmm. Some, some, some books she knows off by heart 
um, Moira's Birthday by Robert Munch. She knows it off by heart. She turns the page and says it word for word and turns the page and says it word for word. And I wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I was like, I kind of started looking up books that people were writing and, you know, how people became authors. And everything was like, everyone's different. We should accept everyone. And, you know, even there's there's a book about like a disabled butterfly or something, which fine I agree with that but I also think reading should just be fun Mm -hmm. I don't think reading should always have reading should always be about a message um Mm. I think it should just be that it makes kids want to read and then they can read about the message that the parents should be teaching them as well um (laughs) so uh yeah I wrote a book about a girl who doesn't want to be a princess because she doesn't want to behave (laughs) so yeah and uh, it's honestly, it's cute. Caitlin loves it, and um, it was fun. And my illustrator is my brother, oh, who, that's cool. um, if you've seen the book, because you've seen it, right? I've seen the you've, book. Uh, yeah, you've read it. You've seen it. Yeah. Anyway, um, he <laughs> heard many um, good things about it. He uh, <laughs> he draws like comics, like his 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 drawing is like comic style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I noticed so that I even from like the was, cover illustrations and stuff. It was actually, I think, a bit difficult for him to sort of make it a children's book because <laughs> he he draws comics. But um, yeah, he did a really good job, and some of the some of the pictures are just amazing. Like my favorite picture is um, the one of the princess jumping in a mud puddle. It just looks amazing. He did such a great job. I'm so happy with it. Um, well, what? Um, yeah. Like, what are? Can you speak to his influences, kind of, like in terms of like what it well, looks like? He, he had a this old wooden toy box. Um, it's it, I don't know if it was handmade or what, but it has like two handles on the side and the seat opens. Mm-hmm. And then that that was full of comics. It was completely full of comics. That's the first time I read Spawn. Um, he nice. had Spider-Man with Venom. Oh, they so were nice. All, nice. Yeah. All McFarlane generation. Rows and rows and rows of comics. And my brother could always draw. My mom can draw as well. Um, but my brother could always draw, and um, so even even now on his Facebook page, he he draws, and then he throws a panel up, and he's like, "Guys, what do you think?" And people give him feedback, and he changes it or not or whatever, and oh, that's cool. it's so good. It's is there so a good. place? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Is there like a way that the seven people who listen to our show can follow him too? That sounds super cool. I I don't know. Um, I can I can let you know. I don't know if his page is public or not. I told him mm-hmm. he should make like a like a page just based on yeah. his drawings. Um, oh, that's he totally not should. His Facebook page, right? Mm-hmm. So people can like his page and he could add drawings to it. So um, I'll talk to him about that again. But he's yeah. he's fantastic. Like he's really good. Like really good at drawing or uh, illustrating. I guess is oh. the uh, comic book term. But no, he's really good at it. And so. Um, he was pretty eager to help me out and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, we collaborated and, uh, I sent it off to a self-publisher, um, which means I sent them everything I had in my soul and they, uh, took it over and made it into a book and sent it back to me and now it's for sale. So oh, it's quite cool. exciting. What's the, uh, what's that's the title? Awesome. Sorry? Uh, what's the, uh, what's the title? How can the good people called, find this excellent book? It's called Who Wants to Be a Princess? And it's on uh, indigo.ca, and it is a very easy read. It's sort of aimed at two years plus um, because the pictures are really big and bright, and it's like there's one or two sentences per page. It's not anything 
difficult and it's just mm-hmm. fun. It's oh, just fun. Cool. That's awesome. Are you working on anything yeah. like anything else? Anything in the pipe? So I feel like I have to do another one <laughs> because <laughs> I have two kids. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on another one in a little while. Not right away. It's expensive. Self-publishing is not cheap. Mm. Um, for anyone thinking about doing it, do your research um, because it, it, can be, it can be very expensive, time-consuming. Um, and then you have to do a whole bunch of stuff after, right? Like I just sent my books away for a contest um, in the States. So mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes too. But cool. um, is it yeah, a jury thing or like, going. can we vote? No, it's uh, uh, you just send it in. Uh, I had to send in a couple copies um, and then they get their judges to read it. And mm-hmm. right, cool. Oh, well, best of wait. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Good uh, luck. Yeah. That's you. exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Man, what was it like so. working with your brother? Did you have any like blow ups like ah when I was eleven <laughs> you like ripped my venom number one or like something? No, so I think um I think my brother didn't think I was serious at first. Like I think he just thought I wanted some drawings to give to my daughter and be like, Here's a cute little story bound mm-hmm. with staples, you know, mm-hmm. for you. And so he didn't do anything with it. I kind of, I was like, here's my idea. Can you draw this? And then I wouldn't hear from, from him for like two weeks. And so I was getting really frustrated. And finally, when I said to him, you know, my publisher is waiting for this. He's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I didn't know that. (laughs) So then he like, he put it, like he put the pedal down and he just, yeah, he, he hammered them out. And a couple of them, I was like, that's not what I want. And I'd send it back. And then there was one where I sent him a picture of my, uh, stick figure drawing because I was trying to explain <laughs> what I wanted and it was the puddle jumping it was the puddle jumping princess actually huh. and then he just messaged me back and he was like this is the best picture ever because it was like fading out pen because my pen was dying and it was a stick figure with a hat like the princess hat on jumping in a muddy puddle but it was blue ink so I made big raindrops kind of flying up from the puddle and stuff so of course what he sent back was amazing and not at all like that. Um, but yeah, so we, there was a few times where I was like, that's not what I'm thinking. That's not what I'm thinking. And it was mostly the first couple pages where um, the daughter is telling her dad that she doesn't want to be a princess because it's just her talking to her dad. There's no sort of fun princess pictures. And I was like, no, the dad looks weird. No, she looks too old. No, now the dad looks even weirder. What did you do? Um, so the poor guy, he put up with that. So, yeah. So no blowouts, but a lot of back and <laughs> mm-hmm. forth on some of them. Oh, that'd be fun, Ag. That sounds fun, yeah. like working with your like working with your sibling like that. It was fun. I would do it again. Like I for sure for the next one I would do it again. Is he still like is he local or St. Catharines. Okay, cool. So not like the other yeah. side of the world or anything? No, no, no. We I mean we did everything over text and email. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's my wife. Hey, that's your wife walking by. Yeah. Well, Audio my husband was format. eating chips and hummus, so. Is that your wife? She's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I think so, too. Uh, so, I guess before we go, and I like that we have a little bit of a gap there, because I might edit this out if this goes like the last game I tried to play. Oh, it's a game. Yeah, I thought of a game. It's called um, Children's Book or Star Trek Episode. 
Oh, oh I'm okay. down. I'm going to read you it's a title, nice. and I want you to tell me if you think it's a Star Trek episode or a children's book, and what you think it's about. Okay, okay now, wait. Star Trek as in Next Generation, or... Next Generation, all Next matter. Generation. Next Generation? Next Generation, okay, perfect, all right. I felt okay. like that was kind of our sweet, kind of our sweet spot. Okay. All right, all right. Okay, um, Ambush of Tigers... Um, I'm going to say children's book. Yeah, I'm going to go children's book, too, because I don't think that was a Ting episode. I don't know. Well, and, what, and what wouldn't that be, like, be Ambush of Tribbles or something? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or Klingons, yeah. Okay, what is it? Well, well An Ambush of Tigers is a novel published by okay, Betsy good. R. Rosenthal, a children's book. An ambush okay. of tigers, a wild gathering of collective nouns. That's not what I thought it was about. I <laughs> thought it was an animal picture book, but okay. Cool. I, I went a completely different way, like some kid lost in the jungle and <laughs> having to avoid... <laughs> torn apart by an ambush of tigers. <laughs> this is a lovely children's book. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm All ready. Right. Next. It, Emmanuel's Dream. Uh, I'm going to okay. say children's book. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to go children's book, too. Yeah, what kind of children's book do you think it, it would be if it was that? Uh, Emmanuel wants to learn how to fly, maybe, or wants to do something else like that. I, I think I think Emmanuel's dream is to travel. Um, yeah. I think his dream is to travel the world and meet talking animals along the way, maybe. Okay, this was a children's <laughs> book. Um, it's inspired... Oh, it's been turned into a film narrated by uh, Oprah Winfrey. Um, it's about a boy who was born in Ghana, West Africa, with one deformed leg. Um, he was dismissed by most people, but not by his mother, who taught him to reach for his dreams, which was to play soccer. Um, but he eventually becomes a cyclist. Does he travel? On a bike. <laughs> On his bicycle? Yeah. Yeah, you were close, I, I guess. <laughs> I win. Forgot the talking animals part. All right, cool. Uh, up no the flying, long ladder. Sorry, say that again? Up the long ladder. That's Star, a Star Trek, Trek episode. episode. That yeah. isn't that the one where they get trapped in the elevator and they have to climb up the the turbo lift shaft or something like that? Maybe? No, I don't know. Hmm. Jesse? <sighs> um I'm yeah. I don't even I don't even have an absolute clue about this one. I just feel like it's a Star Trek episode. So I'm gonna say Up the Long Ladder is about um it's an episode where they are stuck on a planet and in order to get off the planet they have to climb a ladder. Hmm. To get up to their um shuttlecraft. Well, you're both right. It was an episode of Star Trek the Next Generation. Um, it's the episode where Wolf's ba Worf's back stops working. Oh. And uh, Dr. Belaski's like, we gotta do some surgery, it'll be cool. And he's like, no, I have oh, Klingon yeah. measles, and you can't do this to me, human. And she's all like, well, dude, you're back. 
And he spends some time on that. Uh, meanwhile, they find these sort of two complete competing um, planetary settlements. One is like this idyllic planet, but it's all settled by clones. And they all like, kind of look alike, and it's a little gross. Um, and the other one was sort of this more barbaric setting, but it's like a natural gene pool. And they're in competition somehow, and Picard's like, well, just mate with each other. And they're like, ew, and, they're, and Picard's like, later... Credits. I don't remember that part of the episode. I have to be honest. Or Picard says, "Just mate with each other." I don't. Yeah, I, may, oh, I, maybe, I remember that one now. I remember Worf. I remember Worf needing surgery. Did you guys like Doctor Pulaski or Doctor Crusher? Oh, Crusher, one hundred percent. Pulaski was okay, though. No, like she, um, I liked her because uh, her and her friendship with Worf, I thought, was pretty cool. Like when Worf gets all like, yeah. eh, I'm not feeling well, and she's all like, I'll cover for you. And they have like that moment in the sick bay where she, he's like, oh, we'll do the Klingon tea ceremony. And she's like, don't worry. I know it could kill me, but we'll do it anyway. And he's like, oh, you're romantic. And it's like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Non-romantic, okay, but no, I, yeah, non-romantic I like relationship. Loved it. Anyway. All right. Yeah, um, had her moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. I'd a, I like Beverly Crusher a lot. I really enjoyed her performance. Actually, one of my favorite doctors, and I think it's just because of the actor that played him, was um, from Voyager, the hologram doctor guy. Yes. I thought um, he was hilarious. Oh, what's his name? Picardo, Robert Picardo. Yes. Thank you. He was hilarious. Yeah. And every right? now and then he would throw out like a bonism, like, I'm a doctor, not a, you know, not an engineer or something yes. like that. And it's like, ugh. I enjoyed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is Second Chances. Oh, that could go either way. I'm going to say Star Trek, and I think it's the one where Picard bumps into his old girlfriend that he stood up in Paris. Oh, I remember that one. Oh, um... I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say children's book. I'm just going to go different. I'm going to okay. say children's book. And I'm going to say it's like a story of um, a kid whose parents get divorced and then he gets like a new dad, like a stepdad. And so he has like a second chance at a dad. Hmm. Season 6, episode 24, <laughs> the 150th episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, it's the episode where Riker meets a duplicate of himself created by a transporter accident. Uh, oh, Thomas. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. That's Thomas. it. And it's all like, man, I was such a goof when I was that little. And he's all like, I'm actually kind of really bad. It was really, I like that episode a lot. Uh, I liked Q. Q was my favorite part. Oh, yes. The Next Generation. Now that Canada yeah. Netflix has all of the Next Generation again, um, mm-hmm. I've been trying to rewatch the Borg Cube. Like the uh, the four. I thought in my head it was like just four episodes, right? It's like the one where Cube throws them into the Borg in the first place. The best of yeah. both worlds, yeah. part one and two, and the thing with Hugh, um, the littlest lost Borg that they adopt. <laughs> I remember um, that but one. After that, there was another two-part episode with lore that I forgot about entirely. And there's a bunch of episodes that Q references, like, leading up to that one, where Q is, like, testing them. It mentions, like, mm-hmm. a couple of them specifically. 
I don't know. It made me feel like there was maybe more more story arc and continuity in Next Generation than I really gave it credit for. Like when I was younger, I used to feel like it was like mm-hmm. episode, episode, episode. Yeah. But I don't know. And this this one episode starts with Q showing up, being like, "Hey, let me on your crew. You need me." And Picard's like, "No, you're you're just no." And yeah. Q's all like, "But what about this thing I did? Wasn't that awesome?" It's like, "No, that was terrible. You put us on trial. It was it's it stunk." You know, it's yeah. like, "Well, what about the time you got to meet Abe Lincoln? That was cool, right?" And it's like they were shooting at us. <laughs> it was a really good scene actually. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so it just feels like the Borg cube is rapidly expanding and it's now like a Borg trapezoid monster. <laughs> anyway, on to on with the game. Less uh I don't know, we'll do maybe two, three more. Okay. Right. I'm ready. Right. Okay, brace yourself. This one's gonna be hard. It's gonna be real hard. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. Okay. If you plant a seed. Oh, that could go both ways. Yeah, I'm gonna say kids' book. Uh What's it about? Um, it's about a kid who wants to start a positive, a uh, positive uh, movement at school to end bullying, and does so. Uh, by doing something simple and so small to plant the seed or the idea in people that then grows into something bigger-ish. Don't you have a children's book author in you? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I, I, I will say, um, oh, man. I will say, okay, I will say children's book author as well, but... Um, my story is about a kid that doesn't want to be a farmer, even though his dad is a farmer. Mm. And so he, throughout the story, learns that farming is okay, and he then wants to be a farmer. Nice. Cool. And what is it, Matt? If you plant a seed is written by Kadir Nelson. Okay. Harper Collins. These are all books from uh, 2015, so they're relatively okay. recent. Uh, but, um, what's it about? It is a humorous story about the power of even the smallest acts and the rewards of compassion and generosity. Um, it demonstrates the process of planting and growing for young children, but also how a seed of kindness can bear sweet fruit and overcome the Borg. Oh, that's <laughs> oh wait, not that last bit. No, no, sorry. I was reading the wrong thing. <laughs> Alright. So it was like a little from column A, a little from column B there. <laughs> there. Nice. That's what we should do. We should do a series of Star Trek episodes as children's books. <laughs> and then yeah, the Kirk addressed the, the dancer and was like, Your green skin is oh, interesting. That'll... Oh thanks. It's all about accepting differences. Episode as a kid's book will be like the Mr. Hooper episode from uh from Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Oh. Yeah. I don't think we should do that. No, no, you don't think Skin of Evil would make a great kids book? <laughs> we'll teach children about death with our Star Trek children's yeah. book. Well, they'll know to uh, oh. to uh, avoid sentient oozes. That's mm-hmm. good advice if you ask me. Uh I don't know if we're going to do better than that, but I'm going to throw this last one out there anyway because kicking a dead right. horse is what Spearses do best. Uh, <laughs> Tin Man. 
Um, I'm going to say Star Trek episode, and it's the one where they go on the holodeck. And, um, oh, my God. Why? I'm, like, remembering half the episode, only parts of the episode. They were on the holodeck. Was it Data? Somebody? I can't remember. Oh, man. It's not a kid's book. It's a Star Trek episode, and it's something about the holodeck. That's what I remember. Aaron? I'm going to go Star Trek as well. Um, something to do with, um, I want to say, like a, like a like a big space alien or space baby or something like that. Space I baby. Think. I like yeah. that. Space baby. <laughs> go with space baby. I'll go with space I'm going to say holodeck. You say okay. space baby. You're both kind of close. It's a Next Generation episode. It is heavily data-centric. Um, okay. It's about this... They find this um, seed-like looking starship, like an organic living starship, not unlike the starships from Babylon 5, as a matter of fact. Um, and it's about this one, like, sort of... Empa- this scientist creates an empathic link with it, and he's trying to understand it. It's all like, the Romulans are coming, and they're going to steal your space baby from you. And the dude's like, nope, see you later. And he, like, takes this super powerful organic spaceship from a mysterious origin and goes away and is never heard from again. You know what? When you started when you started explaining the episode, I suddenly remembered that one where um, they had to be on trial and to see if Data was a robot. Yeah. Or a oh, remember yeah. That one? So I almost said that one. Because remember, oh, Tim I remember that. So I was like, right. maybe it was that one. Yeah, yeah, that one was okay. full of, well, like, Pinocchio Trek. illusions. There was a great yeah. one in court where, like, the, the prosecutor reaches over and, like, turns... Riker! Shuts him off! Riker shuts Riker, him off. Yeah. Riker shuts Just, him like, off. Pinocchio is dead. We've cut Broken. his strings. Broken, yeah. yeah. Man, Broken. that's why you're a writer, wanna, dude. Yeah, I want to say that that episode was actually written by a writer who had, like, a law background. I could be wrong on this, but I remember hearing that somewhere. Sense. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. It played out. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> that would be, be great, man. They should was. bring back the next generation and just let like newer, like people with a really strong, like their own stamp, kind of do an episode. Like a Joss Whedon mm-hmm. Star Trek episode would be amazing. It would be. It would be like the one episode where it's like the lesser 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 characters who are like below decks and it's like do you hear what's going on upstairs there's something big going on upstairs and then they actually play a pivotal role in oh, it's like the enterprise's um, scooby gang it's like the zeppo on the enterprise yes yes that's exactly what it would be like you know i think they have an episode yes. like that actually they do yeah but i think it would be more so with yeah no i remember wanting banter. more effort. that is a great pitch man <laughs> so let's go back and we'll get Star Trek The Next Generation going again. Hey, man. They've got a new show. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is premiering this year. Yes. Uh, I'm intrigued, especially just based on the uh-oh. design of the ship itself. That oh, no. You seem worried. Federation, Romulan, and Klingon, and maybe Cardassian at the same time. I'm like, hmm. I oh, think I see yeah. where they're going. I didn't realize. It's kind of the triangular shape is kind of kind of Cardassian looking a little. It's got the primary the primary dish of a Federation ship. The uh, the Klingon bird of prey diamond shaped nacelle. 
Um, something a little bit Romulan-esque about it in the color of like Cardassian uh, warships. So it's like it makes me wonder if this is all going to be about how they it's the Federation, Klingons, Romulans, Cardassians working together on this spaceship kind of idea. I don't know. Gee, it's almost like they're saying I'm, I'm that if all these different races could just episode, get together so. and work as a team, everything but I'm, would be cool. I'm nervous about new Star Trek, though. Yeah? Like, because, well, because, like, Enterprise was just... Yeah. Enterprise. And, and... Oh, don't do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. No, no, but that's then, code for keep doing it. Keep doing it. No. Um, but Going then, even Voyager, there was parts of Voyager, there's aspects of Voyager that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, but, and I was not a fan of Deep Space Nine. I know a lot of people were. Uh, I was watching Babylon not, 5 at the time, and I was much, much happier with myself. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't think it compared, so... I feel like the movies are like sort of the way to go right now. And I, my worry mm-hmm. is that they're thinking that because the movies are doing so well, now is the time to launch another TV show. But I'm worried the TV show will just be crap. Yeah. <laughs> You're so open. Like, oh, the movies are doing so well, so TV must be good. No. Yeah. It sounds, just the yeah. team the sounds good. Well. The team sounds good. The premise yeah. sounds kind of interesting. Um, it's set between the original series and Next Generation. So we're still right. A, yeah, yeah, I read that. We're in a time period where the ships aren't invincible. You know, you can credibly mm-hmm. threaten this ship week to week without being like, "Ah, oh, it's the Borg. Ah, it, it's the godlike being who can alter reality." You know, you can have more like, "Oh, it's another ship, and we're crashing." Like, so, do you guys ever have you guys watched the last ship at all? Did you ever watch the last ship? No. What is it's that? It's on space. Hmm. So it's a show. It's completely not Star Trek related. I apologize, but no, it's a no, show. Um, it's a show about this uh, uh, U.S. Navy destroyer called the Nathan James, and it's about they're called away to this mission where they have to go like radio silent for months. And when they come out of it, there's been this plague that's hit the planet. Um, no way. And they have the cure. They have the doctor that's creating the cure on their boat. So the Russians are attacking them and. You know, the the United States is being wiped out. Like, all these countries are being wiped out by this plague. It's not a zombie plague. It's like Outbreak Plague. Remember the movie mm-hmm. Outbreak? You sneeze, yep. you die, right? Huh. Um, so it's such a great show. The best part about that show is when the boat, the, the destroyer, is like almost getting into a battle with like a Chinese warship or a Russian warship, and they're like, where are they on the radar? Can we hide behind these mountains? It's very intense in that way. So if the ship can be destroyed, if this mm-hmm. new ship can be... That, to me, that's a little bit more intense than, like you said, yeah. like, oh, just put the shields up, we're fine. <laughs> you, you know <laughs> what I mean? That always used like, to bug me. That was the shield. one thing I remember that really pushed Star Wars over Star Trek in my mind because I felt like, you know, the Millennium Falcon's a cool ship, but a couple of well-placed hits will blow it up. Yeah, you know, like you. I and felt same like, with Babylon Five, right? Oh, like, Babylon Five was awesome. I couldn't. But when they they spent like one season following this pilot, uh, Keller, I think his name was, or Keffler or something. Um, and then in the last episode of that season, they kill him, and I like hmm. I literally could not believe it. And it was it was like the most. He like he's his he was hit, but he, his ship didn't just blow up. Like he was like slowly running out of air. 
And he's like, this is, uh, a, like, one of your hero characters, and he, he just, yeah. like, he bumped into something, and now he's gonna yeah. die? And they went and yeah. did it. It was so cool. Uh. So I do recommend The Last Ship. I think it's going in. I have a feeling it's going into its last season. Uh, um, mm. It's on space, but it's it's so good. Like, they're uh, out, out there on the water. And, I think you've yeah. secured it seven more uh, seven more viewers. <laughs> seven more viewers. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and um, speaking of securing sounds, an audience... Yeah. Um, Jesse, where can people find your work and follow you? So I have my own uh, website with a blog. Um, it's thatwriterjesse.com, and it's um, a blog about parenting, but only for my kids. I don't tell people what to do with their kids. I can only tell you <laughs> what works for my kids and what doesn't work. Um, and the book is on indigo.ca, and it's called Who Wants to Be a Princess? Oh, and I'm on cool. Twitter, thatwriterjesse, and Instagram. That writer nice. Jesse. All right on. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's so. been super cool having you on, man. You could your thank you. Doors always open. You have established your nerd cred like, gosh, more than us, I think. <laughs> thank you. I you know what? This was so exciting for me. I've never done this before. So thank you so much for having me. And I genuinely, like, truly, I enjoy listening to you guys. I really nice. do. Oh, I really do. I recommend you to a lot of people. Oh, thank Ooh. you. Uh, We'll, Other moms like me. <laughs> we'll definitely have you back on. This was a lot of fun. Good, thank you. All right, yeah. on. And, and where can they? And where can everybody find us, Spears? Oh man, yeah. just hit up our cool website at www.geekswithkids.ca, and all the links to our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram, and everything. I think we have Instagram. All of our do stuff you have is Instagram? there. Possibly. Now I gotta follow you on Instagram. Hang on. Yes, you Hang do. We most uh, likely do. I, I think didn't know you had Instagram. I apologize. I would have been following you. By no, now. we do. We do. We for sure do. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, also very importantly, go uh, subscribe and give us comments and stars on iTunes. I've been forgetting to remind people about that, myself included. Yeah, iTunes, Shout Engine, uh, Stitcher. Yeah. Anyway, it's all on GeeksWithKids.ca. But like, you know, definitely, definitely, uh, you can search us up on iTunes and stuff. Um, right on. So awesome. Uh, this is Spears, <laughs> Aaron, and Jesse, and Woo-hoo. we have been geeks with kids. Uh, Majram, everybody. Nice. Ending me. I almost waved. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting this. You're getting this. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs>